Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The law of rejuvenation. The law states that to be effect, to effectively walk with God, we must cease from all self-sufficiency and rest in the God in God's grace and faithfulness. In other words, the Lord is telling us there that if you are the one, if you don't know how to trust anybody, if you don't know how to rest and depend upon the Almighty God, if you do not know how to believe what He tells you that this what is what I'm saying is true, if you don't know how to be able to say, "Oh God, I release everything into Your care, and I'm trusting You to do what is best for me," in the law is saying that if you don't know how to do that, it will be difficult for you to walk with God. If you are in any particular relationship and you don't know how to trust the next person, and you don't know how to believe that what that person is saying is true. Or you don't believe that that person has the best intention for you. If you have that kind of difficulty, you cannot have a good relationship with that person. The same thing the Lord is saying. If you cannot trust me, if you cannot trust me to meet you at the point of your need, if you cannot trust me to provide for you, if you cannot trust me to be, you know, to 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 provide to to be a protection for you, then you are going to have difficulty walking with me. So let's go back to our text now, Exodus chapter twenty. And we're reading just we're reading from verse number eight. Exodus 20. We're reading from verse number eight. The Bible says, But the seventh day, sorry, verse number eight, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Before I go on with this particular story, I'm sure many of us have heard people who talk about Sunday is the day you're supposed to rest. Saturday is the Sabbath day and all the other good stuff. This particular presentation is not to discuss which day is good, which day is bad. That's not the intention here. We are not, I'm not here to debate whether Sabbath day is the right Sabbath or whether the uh, Roman people change the calendar. That is not what I'm discussing here this morning. My intention here today is to be able to look at the principles behind the word of God. Look at the principles behind the word of God and see how that principle will be of benefit to us. That is what we're doing here today. With the hope of helping you to understand and to be able to walk better with the Almighty God. That is the intention of this particular study. Not to debate whether Sunday is the right day or Saturday is the right day. That's not the intention. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So having said that, let's go back to our text again. Exodus 20, I want to read verse number 8 again. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do 
You shall not do any work. Neither you nor your sons or your daughters or your male your male or your female servant, nor your animals or any foreigner, a foreigner residing in your town. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, before we go on, I just want to want to share with you five things that you can see very, very clearly from this verse of the scripture. The first thing that you see in this verse of the scripture that we read is the need to remember the Sabbath. The need to remember the Sabbath. The Bible makes us to understand that Israel was to remember the day of rest. It said, don't forget to take the day off. If you want to say it in, new, in, uh, in uh, the English of uh, today, the Lord is saying, do not forget to take a day off. I'm sure you have seen people who walk every day who never take a day off. Okay, and then there are some people who don't even want to show up today. They want to keep work. They want to keep taking the day off. You can't have both extreme. The Bible says that it has to be balanced. So the first thing we see is the need to remember the day off. It is the need to remember the Sabbath day. The second thing we see is the need to keep that Sabbath day holy. Okay, is to keep the Sabbath day holy. Keeping your day off holy. In other words, the rest that God is asking you to do, the time that you are taking off from your work. The Lord is not saying it's going to be just a time of that you spent aimlessly. It is supposed to be a time that you spend in the presence of the Almighty God. It's supposed to be a time that you used to be able to glorify the name of the Lord God Almighty. It should be a God-centered rest. In other words, you are keeping God in focus when you are having all your fun or when you are taking the time off. So the first one is remember, you need to remember the Sabbath. The second one, the need to keep the Sabbath holy. The third thing I want you to remember, you keep a see there, is how to keep the Sabbath holy. How to keep the Sabbath holy. The Lord said keep the, uh, keep the day holy by keeping your focus on the Almighty God. You keep the day holy by focusing on the Almighty God. And then the, third, the fourth thing we see is, who is required to keep that Sabbath day? Is it only for the pastor? Is it only for the people who come to minister on the pulpit? Or is it for everybody? And the Bible makes us understand that everybody is required to be able to take the time off to focus on the Almighty God. And then finally, why we need to keep that Sabbath? Is this something that God just sat down in heaven, stroking his beard and saying, well, what do we do with these people? How do we mess these people up? Okay, let's just tell them that they must take a day off. No, the Lord is saying that the Lord gave that particular Sabbath day with the intention to do what? To be able to show us as an example. The Bible said it's based on God's own pattern of operation. And that pattern of operation is that after six days of walking, the Bible says that on the seventh day, the Lord himself rested. And the reason he rested was because so that, number one, he can rest from his work and then recuperate or rejuvenate or be able to take some time to be able to appreciate the work of his own hand. So when we see that, the Lord is saying that there is a need, there is a reason why that particular Sabbath was instituted. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 2, if you start reading from verse number 2, the Bible tells us there. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all his work, which he had done in creation. So you will see that both Genesis 2, 3 and Exodus 2, uh, 20, 11 says that God blessed and hallowed that day. What does it mean? To be blessed means that the Lord God Almighty put a blessing upon that day and said that if you obey, if you do what I'm asking you to do, you will see an untold amount of blessing that will come into your life. And the second day is that when you say hallowed, it means the Lord God Almighty made that day, sanctified it, separated that day 
which is different from every other day. It's supposed to be a day that the Lord God Almighty say, this is the day that you are giving to me. This is the day you are supposed to be focusing on me. So in other words, the Lord sanctified that they set it apart. And he says that it's going to be a blessing for anybody who does what? Who obeys that particular command. God sanctified and made the Sabbath day a day of blessing for as many who will obey his voice. If you read the scriptures carefully, you will notice that the Sabbath day did not start in Exodus. The Sabbath started back in Genesis. Okay, Like we read the other time, Genesis 2, 3, uh, Genesis 2, 2. On the seventh day, the Lord finished all his work and he rested. And he rested from the work of creation. So you will see that the Lord go back, goes back as far back as the very beginning of the formation of the world. And the question is, why is the Lord instituting a law that predates the nation of Israel? Why is the Lord doing that? Why is the Lord talking about the need for us to be able to rest? Why is the Lord saying that you should take a particular time to be able to step out of all your work and take some time to be able to focus on him? Why? Number one, the reason why the Lord God Almighty instituted the law, the reason for the law is to memorialize God's work of creation. What does that mean? It's for you to remember that whatever you are seeing here is not the work of your hands. Whatever you are seeing here was created by an intelligent God. Whatever you are seeing here was the work of the Almighty God. And if God Almighty did all these things, it is good for you to always remember that no matter how active you are, you cannot replicate what God has done. And that is why when you have done your own part, when you have, when you have, when you have exerted your own energy, the Lord is saying, take some time to stop and rest. So the first thing is, the reason why the law was instituted, number one, was to memorialize God's work of creation. Number two, was to emphasize the need for rest. If you look at Genesis 2, 3, the Bible says, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he had rested from all his own work, which God had, which God uh, created and made. In other words, God himself did a lot of work. And then by the seventh day he said, okay, if I, God, need to rest, then who are you? Who am I? Okay, if God Himself that has the unlimited amount of power, unlimited amount of energy, unlimited amount of wisdom, if God Himself felt the need to be able to take a step back and say, Okay, I have done all this work, let me rest to enjoy it. Who are you not to rest? Who are you not to take some time off? Who are you not to be able to recharge your battery? Who are you not to be able to press the reset button? And that is why the Lord was given. The Lord was given to emphasize the need for rest. Number three, why was the law given? The law was given to grant us access to divine blessings. The law was given to grant us the access to divine blessings. The Bible says in Exodus 20, 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is, there, all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Now look at the last part of that verse. It says, Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In other words, the Lord sanctified that day, blessed it, so that when you obey that law, you will see you will have access to the divine blessings of God. I will show you in scripture later how this particular, this particular reason was made manifest to the children of Israel. You have heard about the seven day, the, 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 you have heard about the, 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 the seven day, the Sabbath day, which is after, after every seven day you are supposed to rest. Then you have that particular law instituted into years. After working for six years, on the seventh year, the children of Israel were supposed to stop working and stop farming and just do a year of celebration. Then after 49 years, 
Okay, after 49 years, they will come into a year what is called the year of Jubilee, where they are just supposed to celebrate the entire year. And the Lord is saying that in all those years, if you ask yourself the question, how are we going to feed after on the seventh year? The Lord is saying, I will make sure I bless you so much in the years before that the harvest you are going to get is going to cover three years when you are not going to do anything. So when the Lord gave the law of rejuvenation, he was giving us access to grant access to divine blessings. Number four, to teach us what is called dependency and on his faithfulness. Because when you feel that you can do it by your own power, there is no need for you to rest. But when you have somebody who can take care of you, you will do your part and you will step back and say, Lord, take control. Okay? It's teaching you what is called dependence on the faithfulness of God. God says, I will take care of you. If you believe it, what happens? You relax. Okay? But if you don't believe it, what happens? You keep on walking. You keep on walking. You keep on walking. And that was what my sister said this morning. He said, when I drive and I have just one particular trip, and my trip is just a couple of miles, I am grateful to God because I know that God will meet me at the point of my need. The point is that you have to learn the lesson of dependency. And one of the ways the Lord decided to teach us the law of dependency is to do what? Is to be able to tell us to take some time off. God will visit you. How many of you have eaten at Chick-fil-A? These guys don't open on Sunday and yet they are a very profitable restaurant. How did they do it? All the market survey tells you that is the best time for you to keep your business open. Because you can cash in on to other people who are not, uh, other businesses that are not operating at that time. But this guy, these people made a conscious corporate decision that we are not going to do this thing on a Sunday. It is their own conviction. And look at the way. Right now, they are one of the most best franchises that you can buy into. The point you are making is that when you understand the law of rejuvenation, you will understand that it gives you access to the blessings of God. And it also teaches you dependence on the God's faithfulness. In other words... Through this particular law, the Lord is saying, if you are going to walk with me, if you are going to walk as I walk, if you are going to operate the kingdom, the, law, the, the principles of the kingdom, you must know how the principle, how the kingdom itself operates. You must know how I operate. And how does God operate? God operates a very simple principle of rejuvenation. The principle of reset. The principle of taking time off. That is simply what the Lord does. That's the, that is one of the ways in which the Almighty God operates. Which simply means God takes time to reset. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that in you know, the Bible says that as long as this world exists, it said there will be seed time, there will be harvest, there will be winter, and there will be summer. In other words, the Lord is saying that there will be a time when there will be activity, there will be a time when you will pull back. There will be a time when you are very, very busy doing what you're supposed to do, and there's a time when you need to sleep. And that's why you have day and night, so that you can rejuvenate, so that you can replenish the lost energy, so that you can go back and begin to recycle and begin to put get back the energy that the Lord might that you have that has been lost in the process of activity. So, which means God Himself, you know, operates the principle of reset, the principle of rejuvenation. And you would think that is only in the Old Testament. If you come to the New Testament, if you read the book of Matthew, Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples. After they have been toiling and walking and walking to serve other people in ministry time, Jesus now pulled his people aside. If you start reading from verse number 31, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye yourself apart into a desert place and rest a while. Okay? Come ye apart from the two, a desert place, and rest ye a while. 
and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And that is what happens in ministry. When you see people who preach every minute of the day, they are always doing ministry service. They are always visiting other people. They are always going to the prison, going to the hospital, going to visiting members of their church. They don't even have time for themselves. And Jesus is saying, hey, stop. Take it easy. Just stop. This work will continue when you die. That is one thing you should understand. I always tell people when they say, when, when you go to, when you are in the company and they say, oh, we cannot do without you. It's a lie. They can do without you. Okay? You are not, there's nobody who is indispensable. Nobody. Everybody can be replaced. But the thing is this, the Lord is saying, the Lord was saying to his disciples, saying to his disciples here, take time and rest. Take time and rest. Because when you rest, what happens is that you have enough energy to be able to move forward. The Lord is saying, take time to rest. Take time to be able to replenish your energy. And Jesus Christ himself did what? He did exactly the same thing. He, did, he gave the same command. He operated the same principle when he was working with his, with his disciples. And God is saying, if you are going to remain effective, if you are going to remain productive, if you are going to remain efficient, you must be intentional about your rest. You must take time. Now, there's a difference. Let me quickly put the caveat here. It doesn't mean that you become lazy. Okay? It doesn't mean that you spend the whole day on the bed. Just because the pastor said on Sunday, he said we should rest. I am resting. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you have done the work, when you have exerted the amount of energy that requires of you, then you need to be able to take some time to be able to rejuvenate, to, re- you know, to reset. So, and you have to be intentional about your rest. You have to be intentional about your rest. You must take time to rest. And that is why the Lord gave them that particular instruction. The question then is, what is the nature of this particular instruction from the Lord? What is the nature of this instruction? What is the unique characteristic of this particular law? What is so special about this law of rejuvenation? That, you know, that the Lord Almighty had to repeat it for them in the, you know, in the Ten Commandments. Why was it so special? What is so special about it is that the first thing is that that particular law, that particular Sabbath day is a holy day. Holy in the sense that God himself was the one who required it. Okay? God is the one. I don't know whether you have any particular special chair at home. Or when you, when you were growing up, you had your dad had a special chair or a special place. You dare not sit in that particular chair when, it's, when you are, you know, when you're about to, when it's TV time. You don't go and sit down there. What makes that chair special? Is it because it's made of a different wood? No. Is it because he has a different cloth? No. It's because your dad or your mother or the authority figure in the house has put their name upon that chair. And if you sit on it, you find yourself in trouble. The same thing the Lord put his name upon that particular day. And he says, this particular day is the day that I'm asking you to give to me. To be able to focus your attention to me. So the Lord, the Lord, the the law, the, the law of rejuvenation is very special because it is, a, it, is a, it is holy unto the Lord. The Lord himself sanctified it. Number two, the Sabbath is important because it's a memorial unto the Almighty God. It's a reminder of the things that God has done in the past that we ourselves should continue to do what? To continue to emulate. And that is why we are celebrating communion this particular afternoon. After this service, we are celebrating communion. It's not because we don't know what we are supposed to do with our time, but the Lord Jesus Christ said, do this in remembrance of me. Why is that communion special? Because the Lord God Almighty said we should do it. Why is the day of rest important? Because the Lord God Almighty said you should observe it. So, it's a memorial unto the Lord. Number three, why is the day very, why is this particular law important? Because the Almighty God blessed it. Because he blessed it. He said that if you do it, I will bless you. And God is a very faithful God. He will always be faithful to his word. God himself blessed that particular day. Number four is because it's a continuous thing. 
It is not a law that was supposed to operate in the old and then stop operating now. It is a continuous thing. It is periodic and it is continuous. In other words, the Bible says six days shall you walk. And on the seventh day, you must you should rest. In other words, when you have gone through that particular cycle, one, two, three, four, five, six, you stop, you rest. You start again, one, two, three, four, five, six, you stop, you rest. Here in this country or in most countries of the world, you walk five days and then you pack the remaining two days to do honeydew lists and all the other good stuff that you have to do. But the point we're making is that it is a continuous thing. That is why it is special. And then finally, it is renewing in nature. Okay, it is renewing in nature. When you take time to rest, when you take time to reset, it is renewing in nature when it is done properly. And then it also requires trust. Because when the Lord says stop, I will take care of you. If you don't trust him, you won't stop. Okay? If you don't trust him, you won't stop. You keep going. Say, well, there's somebody that's... There. I'm sure many of you, if I, if I were to take a poll here this morning, and I give this particular quote, now many people will believe that it comes from revival. Heaven help those who help themselves. Right? There's nothing like that in the Bible. I hope you know that. <laughs> there is no verse in the scripture that says, heaven helps those who help themselves. But that is us trying to say that, yes, while we depend on God, but we don't fully trust Him. So, But the law of the uh, rejuvenation requires you to trust the Almighty God. The interesting thing about this law is that it has both physical and spiritual significance. It has both physical and spiritual significance. The physical significance is that for us is to rest so that we can reset and recalibrate. It's the physical. When you rest, it has a way of renewing your energy. But the spiritual dimension is that you allows you to cease from all your sufficiency and you begin to place your rest in God. For those who are close to me, you probably heard me sing this song before. It's an old hymn. They will say, why worry? When you can pray, trust in Jesus, and he will lead the way. Don't be like doubting Thomas, trust in all his promise. Why worry, worry, when you can pray? That is the old way of singing it. I like to flip it around and sing it the other way. Why pray? When you can worry, you understand? <laughs> so you don't need to pray when you know how to worry. Just keep worrying. You are, you are good. Because the idea is that when you are praying, you believe that God can take care of it. So you should not be worrying. Okay? You should not be troubling yourself. But if after you have prayed, after you have spoken to the Almighty God, you not turn around again and you start worrying, then why you wasted your time? You have succeeded in wasting your time in praying. So I will tell you why pray. When you can worry, don't trust God. Trust in your own power. And then we'll probably figure out the lyrics as we go along. But this, see, the spiritual significance of this is that you need to, it helps you to be able to seize. It helps you to seize from your self-sufficiency. It helps you to stop trusting in your own ability and trusting God to be able to meet you at the point of your need. You cease from trying to earn your salvation. You cease from trying to prove the, from trying to prove to God that you are good enough for His grace. You cease from trying to do His work for Him. There are certain things that you can do and there are certain things that God will do. You cannot do what God will do and God will not do what you will do. Okay? It's just like when you are praying for God's provision. God Almighty bless me. God bless me. God bless me. Fine. God say I will bless you. But you will not, God will not go and do the work for you when you get to work. You will still be the one to do the work. The only thing is that he will bless the work of your hands so that you become more effective. But he will not do the work for you. So there are certain things that we need to understand when we are working with the Almighty God. God expects us to do our part. So when you are when you are obeying the law of rejuvenation, God is saying that, yes, trust me and I will do what I will do for you. And that particular me, that, that, that's a particular law, demonstrate, number one, the love of God for us. 
When God is telling you to rest, He's trying to tell you, He's trying to demonstrate His love for you. When you have a spouse or you have a friend or you have a relationship with somebody and you are walking yourself to death and that person keeps looking at you, you know something is wrong with that relationship. But if that person looks at you and says, my sister, my friend, my dear, my husband, honey, sugar, sweetie pie, whatever name that you are called, and that person tells you to stop, my friend, relax before you kill yourself. That particular person at least is showing some concern. So what we are saying that the law of rejuvenation demonstrates, number one, God's love for us. Number two, it demonstrates God's concern for our well-being. You can only do what you can do right now because you are healthy. Okay? You can do, you can run around all that you are running around now because you still have the ability to move. You go and ask the people who are feeding through the tube. Their issue is not whether they are going to be late to work or whether they are going to be able to meet the sales quota. No. What they are only interested in is how to be able to get up from that hospital bed and eat on their own. The people who are sitting on respirator, they don't want to be on that thing. They want to be able to breathe on their own. The point you are making is that God is concerned about your well-being. And the only time you can do what you can do right now is when you are in good health. And the Lord is saying, keep that particular health. Many of us will not appreciate your health until we lose it. And I pray we will not lose it in Jesus' name. Now, the significance of the law is that it shows God's faithfulness to his people. It shows that God is faithful to his word. If he promises you something, he will do it. He will do it. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen the day after. It might not even happen in the month. It might not even happen this year. But one thing is sure, he will do it. The Bible says, I have been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seeds begging bread. In other words, he will not go back on his word. All we have to do is just to be able to wait on him. But the thing is that on our own part, when we obey the law of rejuvenation, we demonstrate two things. The first thing we demonstrate is that we demonstrate our faith in the almighty God. Because if I'm telling you that you don't need to take that extra job, that I'm going to take care of you, okay? If I'm your father or your friend, I'm saying, I know you are in a financial strait, but you don't need this additional stress in your life. You don't need to take this additional job. I will take care of you. If you believe me, you will not take that second job. But if you don't believe me, say, look at this African man. That's what they will say. They will, <laughs> you know, If you don't believe me, you will go ahead and take that second job. The idea is that when the Lord says to you to rest on the seventh day, when the Lord is saying that you should take some time off to rest, if you believe God, you will rest. But if you don't believe him, say, God, well... I understand, you know, in the day when you wrote that particular law, they were not, you know, there was no internet, you know. Uber was not there at that time. So, I mean, we need to make some money. The point you are making is that it demonstrates our faith in the Almighty God. Number two, it trusts in God's ability to provide for us. You believe that God can meet you at the point of your need. Now, one thing we must understand about the law of rest is that it requires ceasing from motion. Before you can rest, okay, before anything can rest, that thing must stop moving. Right? If that thing is not stopping, if you if, if the thing is not if, if it's not stopping, then it cannot rest. When you talk about something, when you talk about rest, that thing must stop moving, that thing must cease motion, and that thing must be intentional in an ability to stop. That is why you cannot obey the law of rejuvenation unless your spirit is at rest in God. Have you seen a man who is lying on his bed and is still exhausted? Huh? I don't know whether you have seen that people, but we've seen people like that. They are on their bed and they are still exhausted. The reason is because they are physically lying down. But inside of them, there's a lot of things going on. Their mind is up and down, up and down. And that's why sometimes we say, are you here? Are you here? We know you are standing here physically, but they will ask you the question, are you here with us? 
Are you here, body, soul, and spirit? So, you cannot rest unless your spirit is at ease with God. Number two, you cannot obey the law of rejuvenation if you have not been freed by grace. If you have not been freed by grace, you cannot obey the law of rejuvenation. What does that mean? If you have not met the one who is able to give you rest, you cannot rest. If you have not met the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot rest. Because what you find, the Bible says, Come unto me, all you who labor and every lady, and I will give you rest. If you have not met the one who gives you rest, you cannot rest. Number three, if you have not, if you have not stopped struggling with God Almighty, you cannot rest. And what does that mean? The Lord gives you an instruction. You know what God is telling you to do. But you keep arguing. You are still debating with God. You are still saying, God, maybe we should reach an agreement. Maybe we should do it like this. As long as you are debating with the Almighty God, you can never find rest. Okay? You can never find rest. And you know it. It's just like when you are going and you say, the Lord put something in your heart. Help that person. Say that. Say sorry to that person. Go and amend your relationship with this particular individual. And you are, you are debating inside your spirit. Why would I do that? He's the one that is wrong. You know, you start having this conversation inside your mind. As long as that conversation is going on in your head, you cannot rest. Right. You can't rest. It's just like when you argue with somebody. I used, we used to make the when we when we when early in our marriage and up to now we still try one every now and then. Except of except one every now and then when we get uh, when one of us becomes very stubborn. But the idea is that if you are angry with somebody. I used to tell people the easiest way you can quell that anger is to tell that person, hold that hand and say, let us pray. <laughs> if you are a, a honest human being, you will never be able to pray with that kind of anger going inside your spirit. You can't do it. Okay? But if you are dishonest, you can always say, well, hey, Father, Jesus said, amen. You know you have not prayed. <laughs> you, know you, are, you know you have not prayed. But, you know, you can just keep the other person quiet by just saying, Jesus said, amen. But if you want to kill any anger in your spirit, that is the easiest way. Hold the hand of that person and say, Lord, let us pray. And pray sincerely. By the time you have done that, anger is gone. The point you are making is that as long as you have not stopped struggling with God, you cannot rest. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.